Ladies and gentlemen, trans and non-binary punks of all ages and denominations, welcome back. It's another episode of Not Just a Phase. You can catch us online at notjustaphase.net and on Instagram at notjustaphaseworldwide. And we're on Twitter at NJAP Worldwide. And uh, today we're talking Screamo, so let's, uh, let's get into it. We're talking Screamo again, which means Vicky's back on the mic. Vicky is our Screamo buff and the Screamo meme queen on Instagram at Screamo underscore affirmations. She books shows out in Rome and she writes for Discovered Magazine, Rocket Magazine, and TBA Magazine. And I'm starting to think Vicky might not have a life outside of music, to be completely honest, but I'm always happy to have her on the show today. Vicky, how are, how are you feeling today? Uh, man, I really wish I didn't have a life outside of music because that's <laughs> where my actually where, where my actual job lies. So let's pretend I don't actually. And uh, uh, what else? It's almost midnight and uh, I'm sitting on a bench in a kiddie park. I won't, won't elaborate further, but there's no connection to internet in my current house. Uh, won't elaborate on where I'm living. Uh, and I'm very, 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 very excited to be here. Yeah, so that's pure dedication out in the, the cold through winter jacket podcasting at a, at a kid's park. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, uh, let's get to the band. Today, we got the privilege of talking with Massanera. New Jersey's Massanera incorporates melodic and jazzy styles into Screamo, pretty much like no other band is doing. And they often jam it out onto this beautiful wall of sound that once they finally formed it, just instantly races towards car crash tempos. It showcases the sheer aggression they've been harboring and gathering towards from their first notes of their, their, their conception. They're really, their, their experimentation with their sound knows no bounds either. They're constantly changing soundscapes have even crossed paths with violins at some points. And I can only imagine they'll be yet again, breaking new grounds with their next full length album. You're going to have to tell me how to say this. <laughs> uh, I'll let Aaron do that. Cause, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new one <laughs> yeah you could, we've been, you know you could call it dqb it's like the shorthand Perfect. no 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 we can't do that no no or whatever try to, try to say it try to say it <laughs> derammer carter border well you'll get you'll get there <laughs> okay all right regardless it is okay, being maybe, released maybe aj is right <laughs> yeah maybe the abbreviation is going to work with dqb um <laughs> that album is releasing december 2nd through the th- it's releasing december 2nd through zagama beach records and if you haven't heard this band yet you've been fucking up big time but we're going to check that we're going to change that sorry right now so check this out this is uh their latest single releasing there's wow i can't fucking do my own job <clears throat> cut myself your, your edit, voice edit, is edit. so deep though <laughs> yeah i talk like this a lot it gets a lot of the ladies <laughs> thanks for noticing Vic. <laughs> yeah sorry what was i saying okay so that's releasing through zegama beach records on december 2nd and if you haven't heard this band yet you've been fucking up big time but we're going to change that right now so check this out this is their latest single release coming off that upcoming album and um if you guys are willing if one of you would want to introduce the song, that would be great. Uh, sure. So 
<clears throat> the um, song that we just released is called Adrift. It's the second and uh, final single that we're putting out before the uh, record release. Yeah. The song says the rest. <laughs> Perfect. I'll use that. All right. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks so much for talking with us today. <laughs> Vicky's excited. How's everybody feeling today? Good. <laughs> <laughs> Huge awkward pie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and look who showed up. Tired? Tired? Me too. Oh. And it seems that we finally have, in perfect yeah, timing, our third guest has joined. Wow. Right oh, just before yeah. I asked for the names. Look at that. It's perfect. I think it'll be perfect anyways. We'll see. Well, that's what the magic of editing is for, you know? <laughs> oh, I barely edit anything on the show. I, I keep in, I keep in my fuck-ups half the time just to laugh at them later. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. You're like the fucking Cassavetes of podcasters, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who that is, but that sounds sick. Oh, yeah 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 yo yeah. yo chris hi, hi. am i doing hey. just in time wait, man. wait hold on wait wait hold on i, I i'm like I, I don't know how to do this shit <laughs> you're fine you sound great wait, we're but introducing I ourselves oh what a great way to introduce myself well Actually, we were just going to get into that. I was just going to ask everyone to just uh, say their name and what role it is they play in the band. Okay. Well, uh, um, my name is uh, Mark. I am the drummer, or at least I aspire to be, <laughs> and I do vocals as well. Nice. I'm uh, AJ. I play bass and I also do vocals. My name is Chris. I play guitar and I also do vocals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our uh, comrade who couldn't be here today is named Alan. He plays guitar and he also does vocals. We all do <laughs> vocals. So uh, we're uh, an audio engineer's worst fucking nightmare. <laughs> like the guy from last night. Definitely hated us. <laughs> yeah. It's like he hated us and he liked us at the same time. I, I don't know what that was about. <laughs> yeah, anytime someone's got to set up three to four different microphones, I'm sure they're like, oh, fuck this band. <laughs> I, I would yeah. I would be too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so do you guys listen to any podcasts in your free time? Uh, I listen to a couple. I, well, I, I've listened to a couple that y'all have done. Uh, I listen oh, to 80s podcast occasionally. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I listen to, uh, I, I say I listen to a couple. I'm going to name like five. <laughs> uh, and then I, I listen to uh, uh, the first ever podcast with Jeremy Bohm. And then I also listen to this one called Emergency Intercom with these two like YouTube influencers that I like. It's like really like, that's like another world <laughs> that, I'm up, that, I, that I'm into that I like enjoy watching or listening to. Um, I'm not really much of a big, uh, podcast person. I have listened to a couple of your episodes as well. Um, I listened to a podcast called, uh, Travolta Cage, which, uh, basically pits a John Travolta and Nicolas Cage movie against each other and like analyzes them both. <laughs> uh, why, why? 
<laughs> Why not? That's yeah. a better question. <laughs> and um, uh, Jeff Rickley from Thursday actually used to have a podcast about uh, musicians and mental health. Uh, he only did like six or so episodes of it, but I listened to those and I, I found I found them very interesting. But yeah. Uh, oh. I'm yeah, that's sorry. it for me and podcast. Now nah, you're in a playground. It's all good. You're keeping it real. Are you going down the slide or something? What are you doing, Vicky? Start, stay professional. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Making all that noise. It's like it's like a motorcycle. Oh, the most okay. powerful I've ever heard in my life. Nice. Of course, while I'm recording a podcast on the oh. street. I mean, it's on me. It's on me. I'm literally in the middle of... Okay. So... Uh, AJ? Wait, yeah, I was gonna say we missed one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I also listen uh, to podcasts occasionally. Most of the same ones as Chris, actually. Uh, I used to listen to a little bit of Washed Up Emo, and I also listen to Dave Norman's podcast occasionally. It's just like when friends are on, you know, like you just like happen to see, oh, like this person did a podcast. Sweet, like I throw that on and like work. <laughs> on stuff yeah and uh has any of you uh, already have been on a podcast uh, i think we um, all have yeah on, on this yeah we've all been on dave's podcast and, and uh, Edie's. well Kristen and aj have been on Edie's. i've i've not had the pleasure um mm. alan and i recorded an episode for the metal on metal podcast which hasn't come out yet. I know AJ did a Lamniform's podcast. None of us have been on this one though. Um, so we're very, we're very excited to be here. If that's not obvious, um, and we have more podcasts in our future because of this fucking album. Uh, yeah, but it's cool. I like talking a lot more than writing shit for an article. You know. Same. So. Yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because when you write, you know, everything's just right in front of you and you realize how stupid you sound. But when you're talking, you don't have time to think about it. So you could just go. <laughs> <laughs> just like any other day. <laughs> That's brilliant. And so what do you guys like to do outside of music and outside of uh, occasional podcasting? Who wants to go first? <laughs> um. I'll go. Why not? Well, let's see. Outside of music, I mean, music does dominate a lot of my time. Of course, uh, performing and writing and listening. Um, but um, I'm really, I really love watching a film. Uh, my partner and I are, um, I'd say, pretty big film buffs. So we spend a lot of our time doing that. Uh, reading, just reading anything, whether it's uh, fiction or nonfiction, what have you, reading articles about music or philosophy or whatnot. Um, I really love video games, although I don't find myself playing them that much because they take up so much time that uh, I find it hard to commit. But I recently played Final Fantasy VII for the first time, mm. so that was, uh, that was nice. Yeah, that was good, you know? I, I guess I had, you know, I would have had to have been there at the time to really understand the hype, but it was still good, you know? The translation was dog shit, though. But uh, oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what can you do? Um, yeah, just any any sort of art, really. Uh, video games, film, TV, uh, photography. I, I, I like all of that. And, um, you know, just traveling. 
traveling is pretty sick. So. Uh, I got a, uh, I, I like Mark music is like my main thing because yeah, I like teach and stuff and, but like outside of like music jobs and music for fun, um, I, I picked up fingerboarding as my pandemic hobby. I've, you nope. see my arms Ooh. moving back here because like i'm fucking shredding on the that's rail. epic i fingerboard <laughs> and i've never put that on the mic before but uh also huge fingerboarding <laughs> fan <laughs> oh fuck yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Was, toronto just got that uh that one store what is it uh, so uh six gates yes i, I got haven't been yet. there actually you did nice yeah yeah, yeah what you're riding there stuff. what's the setup <laughs> It's a Meads deck, Dynamic Trucks, uh, nice. Level Up Fishings, and then Joy Cults. Fucking like a $200 board right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I also ride Dynamics. That's sweet. Yeah, Dynamics are sick. I tried yeah, BRTs, but, you know, not for me. <laughs> I haven't tried them yet, but I want to. But I'm pretty stuck with the Dynamics right now, to be honest. They're pretty great. <laughs> but yeah, it's become a big uh, hobby, and... And like I also like watching movies and anime and video games. Big Pokemon fan. And yeah, <laughs> that's kind of it in a nutshell. All right. Uh, I like to. Uh, what do I do? I work a lot, but like, that's <laughs> really just what that is. Uh, uh, so I mean, uh, I I guess like outside of yeah, music. Uh, admittedly, though, I don't play. It's crazy, you know. It's like I don't I don't really play music unless I'm like uh, writing or practicing. Really, I don't. It's not so leisurely. At least not right now these days. But uh, I mean, uh, I, I outside of that, I mean, I, I like electronic music, so I like to kind of like make like beats and fucking synthesize and sound design. I like all that shit. That stuff's really really cool. So I like that. Um, so uh, you know, if if not that, I, I also like to do like art stuff. I guess like kind of like. Um, I'm into like cyanotype printing and stuff like that. I, I, that's really, really cool. I enjoy that. I don't do as much as I want to just because I have like ideas to do like, I want to do like large cyanotype prints, but I got to like figure out a way to like really do it. So there's like shit like that that I like. Um, if not that, I like, um, I like dressing up. That's fun. I like to do that. That's like, I like to feel kind of cute and fun. That's awesome. And I like to get my nails done. And, uh, and I don't know. Uh, these days, like I, I just... I'm just busy. With, I'm really busy with work. So like, it's hard to even think about things I like to do, but um, that's, that's pretty much it for the most part. I like, I don't watch much. <laughs> I don't watch much movies like, you know, like Mark or whatever, but I, I really like to, uh, I like YouTube a lot, you know, the, the real, you know, the YouTube drama and that stuff. I love, I live for it. I think it's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> that, or uh, I really like, uh, I really like watching, I like watching like those like ASMR videos of people like kind of like, doing crafts like I like right now like I, I like watching right now I'm watching people make shoes and loafers and like leather bags like that's what I like to yeah. watch to wind down that's my shit you know what I mean so yeah. I like doing that right now <laughs> and uh yeah I think that's it I don't know I feel I, a lot of times I, I don't know I'm sure maybe the others might I be think, able to point something I think out you I like guys like collectively named every hobby under the sun I don't think anything else exists you guys are doing <laughs> basically every leisure activity that has been invented. 
<laughs> Too bad Alan isn't here because he would be able to fill in some of the blanks like rock climbing and whatnot, you know. Oh, and and RuneScape and RuneScape and RuneScape. Alan yes, on, Alan goes hard and on RuneScape. King Lee. <laughs> funny because it started with like regular hobbies like yeah i like music and video video games and i like traveling and then it it became i like asmrs of people making shoes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did not see that one coming but, at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's that's a, that's a little bit of a new one but but like honestly it's just like it, it's just so uh I like to see people work with their hands. It's it's such a satisfying thing to see. You know what I mean? It's like uh, I don't know. People impress me often. So yeah. Yeah, and I I could, I could say firsthand this new interest of Chris's has already found its way into Masanera's new lyrical content. Actually, Masanera <laughs> LP three. It's gonna be a concept record about ASMR shoe videos. Leather. Yeah. Yeah. About 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 human leather. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Finally, God. someone <laughs> is talking about it. <laughs> yeah that's the most soft you know and if you use human leather from billionaires it's sustainable too exactly there it is if you use a reptilian leather oh so uh before you made a record about uh shoemaking uh how did you start being around punk rock music and how did you first get into it or like underground music in general? Um, who wants to go first? I guess I'll go because uh, I'm, I'm already talking. Or do you want to go, Chris? Well, I mean, let's. Why, why, why don't we just rip with this order? You, AJ, me. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, keep it consistent. Yeah. Why not? Um, well, let's see. For me, um, before I was into punk, I was really more into um, uh, metal, extreme metal. When I was probably about 12, I was big into thrash, you know, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax, bands like that. Um, somehow, I found out about, um, like, <laughs> the, the more weird avant, like, fringe parts of metal, like stuff like Mr. Bungle. Uh, if you've heard of that band and uh that helped me get into the dillinger escape plan that was really the big gateway band for me dillinger when i was 13 um and to this day they're still my favorite group um and then you know around that time my chemical romance was really really huge because the black parade had just come out and especially in jersey where we're from um you know they were like inescapable so um you know, I was starting to listen to them, even though I thought they were poser music, but uh, they were growing on me, you know, so I got into them. <laughs> and then eventually being like a nerd, I, I was reading about punk and reading about them. And, um, you know, they'd get compared at the time because, you know, we were only like four or five years removed from their first record. If you went on iTunes in their biography, bands like Cursive and Thursday were still getting mentioned. So, um you know, I looked up Thursday and post-hardcore in general, and um, at first I really didn't like it. Um, but then similarly, it, it grew on me. Thursday in particular really changed uh, the way I looked at music and uh, emotional expression through music specifically. And that led to, um, you know, certainly like the post-hardcore rabbit hole bands like Fugazi and then 
Frodus and Bear versus Shark and all of those sorts of groups. And also uh, Screamo. You know, through Thursday, I found out about bands like You and I and Orchid and um, City of Caterpillar. And it just uh, spiraled from there. So, yeah. The My Chemical Romance to Screamo Pipeline. We've all been there, I think. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. But Dillinger deserves the credit, you know? Because uh, simultaneously, while I was getting into punk, through Dillinger, I was getting into groups like Botch and Drowning Man and then grindcore bands like Discordance Axis. And what I liked about Screamo was I felt like it combined <laughs> the musical extremity of those heavier groups with the yeah. emotional, like vulnerability that I found in bands like Thursday or at the drive-in or more emo groups like sunny day real estate. So I felt like screamer was just like a perfect nexus of those. Um, I don't know, desires that I had a desire for musical extremity on the one hand and extreme emotional vulnerability on the other hand. So it, uh, it was perfect. Yeah. And that's actually, I think why a lot of contemporary like, uh, screamo is so good as well because it's just a modernized version of that just 10 15 years later so you guys are doing the same just next generation one generation down so you have that those two schools of thought combined in you inside of you there are two wolves one is dillinger one is my chemical romance <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> uh how did i oh yeah i guess uh i was a new metal uh you know junior high kid turned scene kid high school kid turned screamo adult <laughs> like that was my pipeline um but like i don't know i started going to like uh diy shows in college because some of my friends are in that scene and stuff and um one of my friends showed me like you know like real screaming because <laughs> i was listening to a lot of like scene bands and kind of getting bored with that genre a bit i wanted something kind of heavier and more like emotional and complex and um yeah i don't know i uh, my friend lisa showed me a lot of stuff and that when we started a screamer band called bma and uh this was like lord snow Edo era in chicago so I got to see them a lot live. Um, and the, I mean, the rest is history. Like, after, after like going to those shows and like, yeah, uh, started like going to like shows in Chicago like that. Um, yeah, it just it really turned things around for me or not turned, or it just turned me on to like Screamo and the whole DIY punk scene. Uh, and like Mark, Thursday was like a big band for me. Like, I kind of found them in like the scene days, but like they were just one of those bands that ended up just sticking around in my life. And like, I think, uh, is this still true, Mark? Full Collapse is also your favorite record. <laughs> Standing on the Edge of Summer is my favorite song, but their last record's my okay. favorite, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two big, big Thursday stands here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Uh, how about you, Chris? Um, so uh, I, I listened, I like, I guess, like, I, I when I was younger, like middle, like late middle school, 
early high school, I was like super into uh, like kind of just like underground beat music or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Cause I guess from where I, where I lived at a lot of like, uh, there was like a lot of like cool, like, like rappers from like Newark area and stuff like that. They were doing stuff and like kids in my, in my high school that were also like hanging out with them and rapping and, and shit like that. And they like shit like that. So, and we all hung out. So like, I listened to shit like similar to that or just like into like cool beat stuff or whatever, especially me like on the internet. So I was like, kind of like my first like um, introduction to like, um, you know, like music that was like not on the radio. That was like more like, okay, I, found this or I discovered this for myself which kind of just like I guess like introduced the whole concept of like underground like do-it-yourself type shit music you know what I mean and um and then um I guess it just ended up translating into like me going out of my way doing research finding music on the internet or something like that and then like like maybe it was like my freshman to sophomore year of high school I, I, was, I was also listening to like the like indie rock like the indie rock bands of that of whatever but like um like Bombay Bicycle Club that's like one of my favorite bands I love that band a lot um shit like that and then um and then I went to my first concert and it was um it it was it was uh what was it uh, it was Oh Brother um uh Balance and Composure uh Touche Mar and Circus Vibe in like 2010 or 11 or something and and uh from there I, I just got really like i remember just really 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 uh uh liking touche mori which i guess was probably like the gateway into like that kind of like world of more like emily screamily music um and then i remember like talking to someone on the internet uh and they show me rain so rain is technically the first screamo band i ever listened to yeah and I remember, yeah yeah and which <laughs> circle which will end up becoming like a whole thing for me later down the line but when i first listened i listened to like i listened to tiger suit and it was like the first like 15 seconds and i and i paused it i was like wow this shit sucks uh and then uh, <laughs> uh which is you know i don't know what the fuck i was thinking because I, I love that song actually like a lot actually um so i i mean i just my brain wasn't ready i was i was on i, I had title fight brain you know i wanted everything to sound like a pop punk song i guess i don't know uh but um i, I wasn't ready um, but then after that, uh, I, I listened to Shizune and Shizune yes. was like, yeah, I love Shizune like a lot, uh, too. They were like my, they were like at the time, like, like my favorite band to listen to. And then like, when I started playing in like bands, I wanted to, I, I kind of got into a whole like Italian screamo sound that I, that I have a huge appreciation for. Um, and I just wanted to like, kind of like write guitar parts like that, which then ended up becoming like a whole, like, um. Yeah, I, I listen to Rain more, and Rain is like one of the best bands. But uh, you know, that's like kind of like how that kind of went, like my whole like music journey. Do you still bump some Italian screamo? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, like these days, uh, well, you know, it's 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 funny because like I mean, these days, I mean, I listen I listen to like pop music, um, so like that <laughs> or like uh, I'm I'm back I'm I'm listening to a lot of uh again like I used to listen to like like trip hop stuff like uh. Uh, there's this record called Lovage by Nathaniel Merriweather. It's with Mike Patton. Um, you know, as we know, he he's a Mr. He was Mr. Bungle. He wasn't Mr. Bungle. It's like yes. so, like it's like him. Yeah, yeah. So like I listen to that. I, that's like one. That's like my favorite trip hop record. I'm like listening to that like a lot. And I've been I've been listening to that since like high school. So it's like um, I'm back on that. And then, but like when it comes to like Italian screamo, uh, I mean. Uh, yeah, Onye. Yeah, I, I listen to that. Uh, I listen to that for like I throw that on. Uh, it's on. It's on the. Uh, it's it's on the rotation. That uh, Shizune. Uh, I, I actually haven't listened to it in a little bit, but uh, 
I don't know. Maybe I should get back to listening to that. Uh, and then Rain, uh, I, the Rain record that I like a lot is the one that's like 1D6, uh, 2D6 or whatever. I don't know which the one. one was the pyramid uh, one. The Pyramid, yeah. Yeah, I can't <laughs> speak Italian, so I'm not even going to try <laughs> to do it. You know what I mean? But I love that record just because I love the, like, real fast, and then we're going to move to that. I just love the chord. The chord, the, the chord progression on that first song is fucking amazing. One of the best chord progressions in Punk Screamo. There it is. But anyway, yeah. There's that. Well, so you also have a pretty varied uh, range of tastes, all you in the band. So if you were to name off the top of your head two records each that you would say helped you define and get inspiration for the Massa sound, ultimately, who would you name? Could be any genre. For, um, ooh, that's interesting. For Massonera in general or for the new record specifically? Um, well, we can, we can do both. We can do one for a general Massa style and then one for the latest. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, huh. For me, when Massonera was starting out, um, and I was, you know, so, so Massonera was initially, uh, a different band that I was not a part of. And then when I joined, it, it changed into Massonera. Um, and so some of the songs on our first EP were already in the process of being written. So when I was thinking of um, drum parts and how I wanted to approach um, the drum style for Massonera, um, even though I don't think my drumming is like this at all, I was thinking a lot about City of Caterpillar's first record, their self-titled LP, in terms of the way in which the drummer and the band as a whole utilizes dynamics um there are a couple parts where i was like pretty directly referencing that record at least for bass inspiration um so definitely city of catapult and their self-titled is to this day my favorite screamo record and i would say a top 10 i hate ranking shit but like if i had to i would put it in like a top 10 list of uh records for me from any genre um heavy or otherwise so definitely uh <laughs> their first album and uh i don't know i guess for me just in general um uh anytime i play heavy music and certainly this was, this was the case for Massonera, um i think a lot about dillinger for drumming not necessarily in the sense of trying to replicate their very like idiosyncratic style of blast beats and whatnot but more in the sense of this idea of like musical freedom being able to incorporate elements from a variety of styles, regardless of how seemingly incongruous they are with what you're doing, you know, and just trying to find a way to make it all cohesive and to maintain flow and dynamic movement and all of those things. So yeah, um, Dillinger. And when we, uh, when we played in Japan, the drummer of Poetry of Torch, who are an incredible like emo violence band, I guess. Uh, said that my playing reminded him of Dillinger, which was a huge compliment. And his playing reminded me of Dillinger too. So there you go. Um, but for the new record, you know, um, outside of drumming, because for this album, when it came to the drums, I wasn't really listening to anything and trying to take inspiration from it. I was uh, 
listening to a, a lot of ambient music actually and a lot of like hauntological music so uh personally um hmm <clears throat> um <laughs> there's this one uh band called uh the focus group and they have an album called hey let loose your love um they're again like a hauntology uh project i guess Uh, from the mid-2000s, though I think they're still around. Um, that was a record I was thinking a lot, just in terms of its atmosphere, in terms of the way it kind of created its own, or I feel like the record does a good job of creating its own distinct sort of sonic world. And it's a world that's very eerie and mysterious, you know? Um, that was a record for sure. And it just has, it has a very interesting approach to sampling. Not that we... utilize sampling for this record or anything like that but just the way in which it layers its sonic elements and creates an interesting atmosphere and um you know creates an experience that really feels like a proper album front to back like a self-contained thing that was a a big point of reference and also aesthetically as well um and then i guess another record jesus um nothing nothing screamo we chris and i didn't listen to screamo for like the entire process of making this record it wasn't until like we went to canada back in june that we finally checked out screamo again um and then we listened to like 30 screamo records over the span of three days <laughs> but um i would say uh untrue by burial was mm -hmm. a huge influence not just for me um But yeah, that was a major reference point, and not just in terms of the sound, but in terms of the atmosphere, in terms of that record, like what that record is, the context of that record, the idea that Burial as an artist was trying to almost like recreate his memories of his brother coming home from raves, raves that Burial himself was too young to experience. And just like his recollection of those stories that his brothers, that his brother would tell him. And, you know, his idea, his mental image of what rave culture must have been like, you know, his, I guess, like nostalgia for a time period that he never even experienced himself firsthand. Uh, yeah, that record was a huge point of reference. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a hard question, kind of. Uh, I guess I'll just say, like, Capsule, uh, Capsule's, what is that record called? It's the one. Blue? No, the one after with the owl on it. I'm just having a brain fart. <laughs> it's gonna be, this is going to upset me. <laughs> I got to look it up. Anyways, that, uh, it's called, oh, God, one second. <laughs> I need to know. Should I go in the meantime? Yeah, you can go, actually. All right, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah for, for me, uh, I guess, like, if we want to do one record before, one record now, before, for me, definitely Shizune. Like, that was, like, a big thing, especially, like, first, like, first EP. Mixed with, like, a little bit of Envy. which was like you know like that that was, was going up for like the first ep second ep to los pensamientos i think those were that, that was, those are the two bands that were like that was like, kind of like really vibing with uh last now for this record I, uh, last oh, sorry, time i saw ahead. shizune i 
it was them and uh, Oina Singer playing uh, MV cover. It was amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you're lucky you yeah. get to see all that shit. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's sick. Um, and then uh, for for this new record, you know, Mark Mark literally said what I was gonna say. For me, it, it, it was like real big, like you know, it, it conceptually like burial. Um, it's like uh, I don't know, just like, and more so for the feeling rather. You know, it's this feeling of just like uh, you're yearning for something, and I I don't know. Sometimes like I I I like how can you even how can you try to articulate that in a sound? I don't know how, but it's just like I want to try to do that. And and I think that's something that Burial does so effortlessly, uh, effortlessly and beautifully. And um, I don't know. Uh, I, I maybe, maybe it's like, oh, like how do you do that? But like, I guess like punk or screamo. You know what I mean? I think for that, you need to like just kind of like ref, like I don't know, just referencing bands from back then that you never had the chance to see or whatever. Like I don't know. There's, so it's like like that or like kind of just like i guess or like dynamically like like city of caterpillar as you know then they're like my favorite screamo band of all time so like it's just like that's it's just those two bands i think i think for the new record yeah and city of caterpillar i feel like their self-titled also has a bit of a haunted uh, oh yeah they, yeah, they yeah. Nail it. yeah they nail it absolutely like that that sample that opens and you're wondering how our top floor could replace heaven i don't know it's so eerie and i feel like un unplaceable and it helps right off the bat it helps to cultivate this air of mystery about the record and i feel like that's something that we really were thinking a lot about um maybe not discussing it but at least you know i certainly wanted our album to have something like that so yeah did you find uh the album name AJ? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so Capsule's No Ghost. I think Capsule does this really cool uh, thing with their like style of like mathy sections where it feels very natural, but it's also like uh, maintains like uh, I don't know, maintains this like feeling of like you don't know exactly what you're gonna get because uh, the riffs are kind of similar but they change every time or they like add a beat here or there and like that's something that's like a big influence to me it's kind of like this idea of like repeating stuff without repeating it um and expanding on those ideas and i think that's a band that does that really well without like doing like the math core thing where you have these like really rigid like start stop kind of moments it's more like fluid um and then the other record these are both just like kind of general influences for me for like Masanera sound um, is like uh, Circle Takes a Square, um, Decompositions. Like I love that album. I think it's really sick. I think it's like a really great um, take on like long form screamo songs with like other weird influences. Like that's like uh, big for me, like how to like meld like these different genres in um, like seamlessly and um they have really interesting song structures and i think they do that really well so it's definitely two big influences for for me for when i'm like writing parts for the band hey uh oh am i still here yeah yeah you can hear me yep yeah why can't i hear me weird uh <laughs> got to get that one out <laughs> I had a question for Chris there. Um, um, 
sorry, um, Mark, Mark, you're drumming, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is there is there any uh, jazz influence to your writing? Like, <laughs> like maybe I'm the only one hearing this, but like, like in the search for nothing, for example, you break into this instrumental part that's like this up tempo up tempo walk of scales with the drum lines. You're doing some jazzy cymbal and snare work and. It happens in a few other songs as well. Like, is this intentional? Is it naturally occurring? Is jazzy even the right word to describe what I'm talking about? Does this make any sense at all? Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I definitely know what you mean. Um, okay. Well, I mean, think I, I think first, before I even, I do listen to a lot of jazz. And especially okay, when I, I joined Mossonair, yeah. I was um, still an undergrad at the time. And I was listening to a ton of jazz. Um that was probably the style of music that I listened to the most at that time. Um, and I was in the school's jazz band and everything. I had played in a couple jazz bands on campus. So, um, <clears throat> you know, that's something that I definitely try to incorporate. And me personally, I've not done it yet. But ultimately, um, <laughs> I would love to really take a deep dive into jazz drumming and learn how to properly do it. Take Take lessons with a, a real jazz drummer, all of those things, you know, um, there's just a, a freedom of expression that you're afforded in jazz that I really <clears throat> appreciate. And the way in which those drummers can, um, the way in which they demonstrate a total mastery of dynamics is just, um, I don't know, it's really inspiring to me. So in, in my own way, um, I definitely try to incorporate that into um, my playing. Um, to help give the songs even more of a dynamic quality, you know, give the drumming more color and everything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I, I think it's definitely there. Sometimes I think admittedly that the, um, cause I, cause I hear a lot, a lot of people, I don't know how many people that is, but I've heard a few people a uh, talk, <laughs> talk about our music as being jazzy. And yeah. um, sometimes I feel like, it's a little overstated just how jazzy it is. Cause I guess in my mind for it to really be jazzy, like, you know, you'd need, I don't know, like more improvisation and stuff like that and whatnot. But the, Agreed, the, yeah. the element is definitely there. It's part of the, the tapestry. Okay. Um, I'm glad I'm not crazy then. I'm like, I'm hearing that. Right. I can't be the only one. Okay. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> so uh, where are you guys all from and what's the scene like in your area? You guys got some favorite locals uh, for bands or for venues or anything? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> well we're, we're, we're from we're from New Jersey, kind of scattered around. Uh, right. It is crazy. Right, right before I met Mark, uh, well, I I only booked one show ever, and that's how I met Mark. Uh, and I, and uh, and uh, it, it Mark lived like five minutes away from me, which was so fucking crazy to me. But uh, um, yeah, we had no five, idea. Like three, yeah, it was like three minutes away. So it was like a really like convenient thing at the time, uh, and then uh, uh, you know um, now 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 Aaron I'm um, Aaron AJ and um, and Mark live like three minutes away from each other, which is like crazy in Jersey City. Uh, so like we're like scattered around like North Jersey area. Uh, the scene is um, I mean I feel like uh, it, it's it's cool it's great a lot of hardcore music especially in South Jersey, um, a lot of hardcore. Um, uh, when it comes to like more punky screamo stuff, not so much going on at the moment. But uh, it, it I mean, ebbs and flows, I, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in the I think in the earlier days of when we were playing, I feel like it was a lot more like a lot more bands were coming around, and um, there was like there was like a couple more DIY spaces that I guess like 
I guess quote uh, I guess catered a little more to screamo I guess <sighs> yeah um, there was this yeah. basement called Antarctica uh that was uh Antarctica or what was it Antarctica like anarchy and Antarctica uh combined um it was a uh, the members of uh fluoride actually uh Susie and um and Rick, Rick. it was their spot before nice. they moved to Philly that was a very sick show spot we played there quite a lot that was before aj was in the band uh i think our last show there was like a couple weeks before aj joined um mm -hmm. so you know that r.i.p oh what a great what a great basement that was um yeah yeah i mean i mean for bands you know um uh, my favorite my favorite band out of new jersey uh for sure is burial dance they're, they're fucking top tier i was gonna top mention tier. Yeah. yeah, they're my favorite. Bur they're so fucking good. Burial dance is fucking sick. Fucking yeah. sick. Um, hundreds of AU is three fourths Jersey, uh, and Tom, of course, is from Jersey. So even though he lives in New York now, so uh, they're a Jersey band, I'll say. Yeah, and yeah, amazing. Yeah, they're they're fucking amazing as well. Um, Sunra. Oh. I'll say, yeah, damn, you took mine. Oh, <laughs> what shit. are you doing? We get one. <laughs> okay. all, right, all right, you talk about Sunra then. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, Sunra's fucking sick. They're heavy as hell, and everybody should listen to them. They like fucking heavy, doomy tone bands, you know, <laughs> like with noise. They're sick as hell, good pals of ours. Yeah. Nice. I'll yeah, have to no check that out. Definitely. Highly recommended. Now, Jersey always has a lot of um, great music going on, at least in some capacity, but the venue situation really ebbs and flows, and right now it's on a bit of an ebb, unfortunately. But there are spots coming up. Um, you know, I, I think right now, post-COVID or whatever you want to call the sort of liminal space that we're just condemned to live in, probably for the rest of our lives. Um, I think, you know, um, spots are coming up, but the infrastructure connecting all of those places just isn't there yet. You know, people move, new houses uh, turn up. The people who run those houses don't necessarily know other people who run other houses, but it's getting there. It's getting there again. So, and like Chris said, it, uh, I think the situation is much better for like more straightforward, hardcore, you know? But uh, you know, so if there are any hardcore bands from Jersey listening to this, uh, let's play shows together. <laughs> <laughs> what what band um do you guys listen to like that you don't think is getting enough hype right now? If you could pick one band to shine a spotlight on, could be any genre. Ah, fuck. Oh mm. man. Um. Huh. Uh, maybe Supine. I think. I don't know. Do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Supine. I I think Supine is underappreciated, personally. Um, They're fucking great. Yeah. I, um, you know what? I'm going to go back a bit and mention a band that I don't know if they ever officially announced that they'd broken up, but for all intents and purposes, I think it's safe to assume that they're uh, defunct. Uh, Truman, if you'd ever heard of them, they were a band from uh, Richmond, Virginia. Mitchie from uh, Gift from God and Listless and bands like that was uh, in Truman. It was them, uh, Benson, and uh, oh God, what was the drummer's name? Oh my God, uh, <laughs> I forget. 
they were an incredible band. Um, and the last release that they put out, three song EP called Madoy, uh, who I believe, which I believe like ZBR and Middleman put out on cassette. <sighs> what a fucking masterful EP. It's only three songs long, like I said, but it feels like um, a truly complete release, you know, um, in a way that I feel like a lot of full length records don't feel. So, um, yeah, unbelievable EP. I wish we could have been able to hear what how they would have developed their sound. Um, and they were an amazing live band, too. We had the privilege of seeing them a couple of times and they killed it every time. So, yeah, Truman. And like if you go on ZBR and Middleman stores, they still have copies available. And that EP came out like five years ago. So yeah, people fucked up big time. They slept on that release and that band. Uh, I also always think burial dance could use more hype than they have. Like I think like people people who know them know, but like I think more people need to know them. <laughs> So let's finally talk about you guys. We're going to play the track April 7th, and that had some lyrics sung in Spanish and some in English, which I think is incredible, personally. I, I love the Spanish language. Um, I half-ass speak some of it. I've, I've, I've half-ass attempted to learn how to like speak it fluently just because the language, is I think, sounds so beautiful when it's spoken, and especially when it's screamed. So I'm just curious, like, why did you choose to sing some lyrics in Spanish? And is there going to be any more of that on this upcoming album? Mm -hmm. Well, I can answer the second question, which is that there is more Spanish on the record. Um, one of the songs is entirely in Spanish. Um, a couple more songs have Spanish lyrics. And there's actually an interview um, that we sampled that AJ conducted with her grandfather that's in Spanish that uh, is featured on three of the tracks, including one that doesn't have any Spanish lyrics. So there's a good amount of Spanish scattered throughout the entirety of the album. Yeah. Very and sick. I guess Chris and AJ, if you want to touch upon why um, uh, the Spanish language lyrics are included, because obviously I, I, I can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, I get, I, oh, am I muted? Oh, yeah, no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, I think what I can kind of, like, I guess, like, going back to the early days of Monsignor, I guess, like, I, one, one influence was, like, Shizune. I think Shizune, like, I, I might mention them a couple times. I don't know. But uh, they, I always appreciated the fact that they did, they, their lyrics were in different languages, and I always thought that was really fucking cool. Um, and uh, I don't know. I kind of have, like, an appreciation for, like, I guess for language, I, I just like it. It's not like I try to like learn it or, or like other people's language, like other the languages of other of other nations. But uh, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, I I think I guess for me, I uh, maybe kind of having some kind of uh, representation of my heritage. I guess you know, and and I think especially like I think in like punk or just like screamo, it's uh it's pretty white, you know. So you know. You know, I think just having that kind of like, um, just approaching approaching that genre and or, or approaching it in that angle, I think just for me just feels right to do, and I feel like it's something I like to do. You know, so I mean that's really just it. It was it, at first it started like kind of just like a as influence 
from another band, but then became much more than that as I immersed myself more into like, I guess, like punk in general and just, I guess, like the, uh, the, the ethos of it, you know? Hell yeah, I'm all for it. Also, I feel like when you do a song, like especially a screamo song in a language uh, that's not English, that's how, you know, you would typically expect a screamo song to be. It puts you like a little bit off guard and then like it gives the song a completely different spin. I remember when I listened to Rain for the first time, um, it took me a little bit to understand that he was actually singing in Italian because I didn't know anything. It just, uh, I didn't know the band. I didn't know they were Italian. And so it took me off guard. I was like, wait, can Italian sound like this? It was very surprising <laughs> and it was like very unexpected. And so it gives both the language and the genre a different spin. It's always very fascinating. So I'm very happy and excited to listen to this. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. hell yeah. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, Chris, AJ, and Alan all wrote Spanish lyrics for the record too, which for me as, as a non-Spanish speaker was just cool to see. And as just, you know, their friend and uh, bandmate and all of that. So it's it's definitely something that everyone in the band is um you know interested in and, and invested in. Nice. Yeah, I'm so hyped to hear that. So we're talking about the new album. Where can we purchase physical copies of it? Um well, um depending on when you're listening to this, <laughs> uh, how far in the future you are, right. uh, physical copies can be purchased from both Zegama Beach Records and us, and that is it. Unless nice. some people are distroing it, but yeah. um, assuming that's not the case, obviously that will be the case. But since I have no knowledge of that um, from my present like vantage point, yeah, ZBR and us, we okay. split physical copies essentially fifty fifty. So nice. yeah, nice. Um, the plan is um, I think they're gonna have a couple days where it's just available on their website which works because we're going to be playing shows those days and managing a web store and also physical inventory for shows is just a fucking nightmare so that'll be the case and then after a couple days um we'll have it on our band camp as well and uh that'll be that nice so that's december 2nd who december mixed, 2nd who mixed and mastered the album so uh, our dear friend, uh, Steve Roche, who, mm -hmm. um, you know, played for Seisha, played for Off Minor, has mm -hmm. played in a ton of other bands after the breakup of Off Minor, uh, War Emblem, Boar War, um, Ordinary Lives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Amateur Party. Um, he's um, engineered and mixed all of our music, including this uh, most recent uh, release. And I think it's fair to say that uh, he acts as like a co-producer with us you know we go into the studio having a pretty complete um understanding of how the mu music is going to be i mean when we went to record this record we already knew what the track listing was going to be we knew where all the samples were going to be we knew how the songs were going to flow into each other i mean like almost everything had been planned out um and we had demoed the record already too so we had a pretty thorough understanding of what the arrangements were going to be our parts but steve does a really great job of making sure that we stay focused 
making sure that we don't get lost in the weeds, making sure that, for example, I don't spend an hour trying to re-record a drum part that probably sounded good on the first take. Um, so yeah, he co-produced, engineered, and mixed the record. And um, I think he did an unbelievable job, especially with the mixing. I commend him because we terrorized him for about six or so months with just ceaseless notes, ultra-specific, time-stamped, like, hey, at 3.45 on side A, uh, the snare drum hit feels a little bit weak. Um, can we bump it up a bit? You know, that granular. Um, but he, uh, you know, he went through our notes and he added his own input and there was an ongoing dialogue and um, the record is all the better for it. And uh, in terms of mastering, Carl Saff, who's mastered everything we've done other than the first EP, um, yeah, he mastered the record as well. And he cut the lacquers for the vinyl. Um, and yeah, he's just a, a fucking wizard. You know, he does a great job. He uh, <laughs> works really quickly, too, which is impressive given the quality of his work, I think. And he's extremely professional, extremely communicative. Yeah, we uh, can't say enough good things about either of them. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank goodness for them. Because the record wouldn't be what it is without them. Who's doing the artwork for this one? Oh, man. That's a whole fucking... So uh, the cover art was a collaborative piece. The topmost layer, which obviously like commands a lot of the attention, was done by Miles Carr, who's a tattoo artist as well as just like a visual artist in general. He actually used to play in a screamo band called I Am The Resurrection, um, who did yeah, a split, split with Off, off Minor. minor. Yeah. yeah. He did the artwork for our four-way split with Frail Body, Infant Island, and Diana Crawls. Um, yeah, he designed the topmost piece, which is on the digital and vinyl releases of the record. Um, and in fact, the artwork that's been going around is only half of the piece. The vinyl version, the front and back, are really just one art piece um, split into two halves, I guess. So it's a continuous piece of art. Um, then there's like this background layer that's you know, kind of like uh, gray, you know, varying shades of gray. That was done by Fulgencio Bermejo, who uh, we met in the Philippines when we were over there three years ago. He not only did that, but he did essentially all of the other art for the record. OBI strips, center labels, uh, this 32 art, art booklet that we made, 32 page art booklet that we made. Um, the layouts for the cassette and CD releases, cassette art, you name it, like he did it all and he did an amazing job. And that was the result of a, an extremely close collaboration between us and him for the better part of two years, actually. You know, as early as like June 2020, Chris and I were messaging him about this record, um, beginning the early process of bouncing ideas off of him. And, um, you know, he not only like executed our vision, but he himself like helped us clarify what it was we even wanted to do and turned it into something that on our own we never would have been able to conceive let alone achieve you know so uh, yeah and then um lastly um there are uh i think on the front three cyanotype images on the like right corner chris made those um and then i took the various different versions of the image that he made put them into photoshop and um made different blends so 
you know, Chris did like 90% of the work for those. And then I did 10%, generously 10%. Um, so yeah, it was a very collaborative uh, work of art. And, and the idea was doing something that's very mixed media, you know, something that combines elements of like different styles, um, you know, digital and physical um, photography, painting, uh, so on and so forth. So uh, yeah. Nice. So let's uh, let's talk cool. about some shows coming up, maybe. Sure. Yeah, you got some. Oh yes. Um, well, our uh, as of today, our next show is uh, actually the uh, Philadelphia, um, um, Sasha show. You know they've got like four reunion shows, I think, and it's uh, we're playing the Philly one with Soul Glow, uh, and Sasha at the First Unitarian Church, which is super cool. Chris Allen and I saw page 99 and majority rule play there five years ago. And it was uh fucking incredible. So, you know, it's going to be amazing actually like playing on that stage. And then we've, stage, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so I'm really fucking excited. And then we've got a lot of shows planned um, to support the release. Um, um, we are playing, we have two weekenders scheduled for December the first, second, and third, which is South Jersey, Philly, and Brooklyn, respectively. And then the 9th, 10th, and 11th of December, which is New Brunswick, um, Beverly, Massachusetts, and New Haven, Connecticut. Or I think like a town right outside of New Haven. And then we've already got stuff planned for the new year. You know, we're planning on doing a 10-day tour to Florida and, Bla and back. Um, we're going to do a weekender in Quebec in March. Um, we're going to be playing a festival in May, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention what it is. Cause I, I'm sure they want to do like a whole announcement of it and everything, even though it's no secret that it's going to be happening again, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, so we're touring, um, out to the city where that festival is taking place and back to Jersey. Um, and then, you know, we've got other stuff planned. We're trying to uh, squeeze in maybe like a couple other weekenders if possible. And obviously we're, we're keeping our schedule open for like, you know, whatever more local shows come our way. What else is there? I know I'm forgetting something. Oh, we're playing uh, there, another a, Jersey. Uh, sorry, I, I was going to, there, there's, there's something going on, I think maybe towards, you know, around, towards the end of the year, around August, but that one's kind of like a, it's a pretty, that one's going to be a pretty, that one, that one I'm, pretty excited for you know it's it's just a matter of just planning for it but i think it's gonna be really 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 dope and i yes. think it's gonna be a lot of fun and i think uh i think people will like it if we if, if we if we if we nail it you know i i yeah. think so and and i think we i i'm confident that we will we've made enough mistakes in the past that we should be uh we should be able to pull it off um and i think we're, we're playing a show on january 4th with bleached cross which is um um I don't want to say side project because I don't know. I don't want to make that designation for them, but um, everyone in frail bodies in this band as well. It's the three people in frail body plus a couple other people. Um, we're playing that show. Like I said, on January 4th, somewhere in Jersey, I forget where. So yeah, we've, uh, we've got a lot planned um, and more is going to come up inevitably. So yeah. Are you open um, to playing Europe anytime soon? I, we want to so bad. We want you so bad. Uh, so so like you know, it, it, we were we were supposed to do it like in 2020, uh, which I was like very fucking excited for. But uh, 
I think we're kind of we're, I think we're dedicating this next year to just do as as much uh, U.S. touring as we can. 2023, I think. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. 2024. Then after, I think we want to try to do like South America. So maybe 2025. I don't fucking know. Or maybe maybe we do South America and Europe all at once. I don't fucking know. I think you know what? Maybe we could do South America and and Europe in 2024. Because I know we mentioned that once. I mean, who knows? Don't hold us to any of this. Um, but yeah, we definitely wanna we definitely wanna go to Europe. I was in Europe. Um, I, wanna, I was in. I want to go. To I was the, in. I want to go to the Mas. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go first. You want to go to the real Massonera, right? <laughs> yeah, I want to go to the Massonera Mountains <laughs> or some shit like that, which I didn't know was a thing until like I searched it up on Google one day. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Yeah, and then we should eat at the Massonera restaurant too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was in Europe um with Respire um back in August, and uh, people were definitely asking if uh if and when we were uh, planning to come over. So yeah, we definitely are. And Onye, uh, when we played with them at New Friends Fest, they really impressed upon us the necessity of uh going to Italy because apparently in Italy right now. I guess you can, uh, Vicky, you can um, corroborate this if it's true. Um, apparently, Screamo is, uh, I guess, you know, it's kind of popping off in Italy right it's, now. It's the zeitgeist. It's really, it's the, it's what the it girlies are listening to, apparently. <sighs> oh, damn. <laughs> Come here, Milan. Uh, John from Oina is here with me. He's saying hi. hi. I, haven't, I haven't been. Oh, hey. How's it going? Yo, yo, yo. Yo. Long time we see you. Yeah, long time no see. We spoke like two months ago. It's two yeah. months ago. Was that yeah, like, different? Yeah, it was like three months ago now. Oh, wow. <laughs> time is really going fast. Yeah. As soon as oh you god. appeared uh, on screen, he was like, oh my god, he's so good. He's so good. He's such yeah. a good musician. drummer. <laughs> oh my god, you're too kind. Yeah, I love uh, to say that when we when we see you live. Like the drummer was insane. <laughs> well, we were just talking about how you were um you were talking to us at New Friends Fest about how we need to come to Italy. You know. <laughs> yeah. So what? maybe. Sorry? That yeah, you were your bandmates. Y'all were y'all were telling us that we needed to come to uh. Come to Italy. We need to go to Italy at some point because Screamo is big right now. Yeah, yeah. We had a show on Tuesday with One Step Closer and uh, Magnitude. It was so fucking sick. It was like a hardcore show. <laughs> like, yeah, Screamo here is really, is really cool right now. It's like going to a, to a Vain FM concert, even if we do Yeah, the, don't wait <laughs> until 2024 when Screamo has already expired and everyone's listening to... <laughs> I don't know. Gregorian chants here, maybe. <laughs> I was going to say Scott. So you, you have to come now. No one's listening to Scott. <laughs> I mean, I do, but no one else does, bro. No one's doing that. We, we, we got we to gotta, we gotta start. Mark, we got to write a Scott song. Oh, yeah. Christ. <laughs> We're doing it. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Big D in the kids table style. <laughs> Finally, so, uh, those trumpet lessons will pay off. <laughs> I do know how to play trumpet, just in case anyone's wondering. Just throwing that out there. I would happily play trumpet in the ska band. Well, yo, let's talk after we're done recording this episode, okay? You know? <laughs> Absolutely. 
So do you guys have like a favorite show or tour memory as a band yet? One that stands out? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, this one just popped up first in my mind. It's not a, it's not a great tour memory. It's more of a, like, it's, it's more of a, like uh, you know, I, I can live without it. It Perfect. was one of those, uh, I mean, we were in Singapore. I think at that point we had, we had slept in the span of like four or five days. We slept like seven hours and, and uh, everybody was just really grumpy. Everybody and it just from 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 all of us down to the Uber driver, he was real pissed off. And which and for then, us and usually doesn't happen. We're usually really good at keeping spirits up and getting along. You know. Yeah. No. It's it, it, it's a rarity that 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 happens. So I just remember getting into the uh, into like where we were staying at, and it was so quiet. <laughs> and I don't know what happened, but I got so <laughs> I got so angry over something. I don't even know what. And then I had to leave the room, and I was sitting outside, just staring at the street, Singapore, like, why the fuck am I here right now? This is bullshit. I don't know. It, it was just really funny. I don't know. That's like the first thing. Yeah. I'm sure there's something like a little more. We've had some really funny, interesting stories, but I mean, yeah. That one was for the for the rest of that tour, for the rest of our time in Asia, uh, anytime we would uh, we'd get grumpy, we'd say that we we'd been stricken with Singapore syndrome. Because it was just like such an anomalous experience <laughs> for us, you know. Um, yeah, that was that was probably the peak of our existence as a band, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to talk about when uh, we got a flat tire at the Stop and Shop parking lot in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the height oh, yeah. of uh, my best memory. <laughs> that was. I was that driving was the van for like three minutes. <laughs> Philadelphia turnpike waiting for a fucking yeah. tow truck driver that yeah. might be the top awesome. memory yeah and that's not even that's not even a tour one though you know that was just like just just going to a local show yeah <laughs> yeah we were yeah. we were gonna play with zeta and uh it didn't happen needless to say you know it's funny when you when you ask this question i was gonna i was gonna respond with a question of my own like do you want positive like legitimately positive mem memories like triumphs or like terrible experiences that are just so comical they've become like fond memories in one way or another because <laughs> <laughs> uh this 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 one takes the cake like we waited for three hours to get towed and then this guy comes you know the tow truck driver and he's like ah, they didn't tell me there were four of you <sighs> i don't have enough room in the truck so then you know he, he tows us to this gas station and he's like yeah you know I've been working 24 hours. I'm smoking cigarettes to stay awake. I should probably stop smoking because I had a heart attack this year. But my mom, she's had eight heart attacks and she still smokes. So I think I know a little something about heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off, man. Just the, is that how he talks to? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, and it's like two in the morning. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah, wait, it gets better too. Like, oh. Um, Oh, yeah. Um, we had a split up, so it was me and Mark and this fucking dude. And then Alan and Chris went <laughs> in like an Uber or whatever to like the mechanic. And the uh, Uber was interesting. This... The, the, the Uber was interesting also. <laughs> that was me and Alan were like, what the fuck is going on in this parking? It was a lift, but regardless, we're like, what the fuck is going on in here? But anyway, continue. Yeah, well, the, this dude was like, he's like, yeah, I'm dating this. <laughs> he's like, I'm dating this, like, uh, 
NASA scientist daughter or whatever. <laughs> and he like proceeds to like FaceTime her. Like kind of like, is like talking dirty and like sexting her. Like I'm in the middle seat. Nice. Like Mark fell asleep on me. I'm just like watching this happen and it's just like what the fuck? It just smells like cigarette smoke. It was the to worst. To be fair, I fell asleep because so the the van was registered under Chris's name on our insurance. But when we got the flat tire, Chris was like, "Mark, I'm nervous. I don't want to call anyone." So I was like, "Fine, I'll call." So for three hours, I was Christopher Rodriguez calling anyone that I could think of. So when we finally got a tow truck driver, it was like all the adrenaline just left me, and I was like. Fuck it. I'm just gonna pass out. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck. And I just I just oh. abandoned AJ to this uh you know to this tow truck, this sexting tow truck driver. Oh yeah. I you know that was really weird. Sim- similar vibe. Uh similar vibe. Remember we got we got a flat tire. We always get flat tires. That's one thing too. We've got like legit like eight or like eight to ten flat tires. In this past like West Coast tour, we had a fucking flat tire. But anyway, um it was it was it was a snowstorm in Toronto. Uh, it was Mark and I. We, we, oh. we handled this one. Oh so we went, to, we went to we went to like a we went to this uh, to this tire shop, and it was like a bunch of like old Polish dudes, uh, just like doing their thing. And then they noticed that they we had a bunch of gear in the trunk of the car, and and one of the guys was like, "Oh, you like you like you like music?" And we we're like, "Yeah, you know, music's fun. We we do it sometimes." And and, and then and then the guy and then this dude was like, "Here." And so Mark and I walk over to this dude, uh, walk over to this random section of this fuck of the fucking tire shop, like a secluded area, and we're like, "Yeah, what the fuck is going on?" Yeah, and mind you, the trooper by Iron Maiden is blasting over the speakers just to set well, the scene. I, well, I was just gonna say, like, as we're walking to this section, the music is getting louder because it's coming from that area. So, so we're going, and then all you see is just like a giant toolbox and a bunch of like naked women from those '90s Sports Illustrated things on the ceiling of the fucking, but, uh, of but this wait, fucking place. The best is how it happens because, like, we get there to his like little workshop, and he's like, "Look at this." And we look, and he has like a hundred CDs, and it's all '80s metal, like fucking Dream yeah, Theater, Faith's Warning, Judas Priest, yeah. And we're like, "Wow!" And you know, like. You know, I I love metal, but that type of metal is not really my thing. But I was like, oh, this is cool, you know. And he's like, this isn't it. And he <laughs> opens another drawer, and there are like a hundred more CDs, and it's the same type of music. And we're like, wow. And then he points at the ceiling, and just says, look up. And we look up, and it's all of these posters of like, just yeah, naked like '90s era. Uh, ladies, you know, and he's like, like sports we all illustrated like... bikini swimsuit shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And but... he just says, we all like this, yes? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. and, and, and then what I did was, I just looked at Mark and I just walked away. And then I left Mark <laughs> with, this, with this dude. And, but, but the one thing that I always thought was funny is like, like, he had this giant, like, you know, those two boxes are like fucking four grand. And what he has inside those toolboxes, it, it, no tools. It was just all 80s metal. You know, I was like, no, none of that. You know what I mean? So it made no sense to me. So I, was like, I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It was hilarious. Um, I, love, I love that one. That one was funny. Yeah. And Alan was high as fuck. You know, it was Alan and Najee. They were just high as fuck. Oh you guys got this. You guys yeah, got we, this. Yeah, they were, and we're like, are you sure? Like, we're in Toronto. Like, don't you want to go out? And they're like, no, we're good. We're, we're just going to smoke weed. You, you got this. <laughs> Uh, uh, terrible. Ter- and mind you, we left 
we didn't go to change the tire. We were just going to drop uh, some of Chris's equipment off at a music repair shop. And while we were doing that, we got the flat tire. So, you know, what was supposed to be a simple task turned into a fucking odyssey. Yeah. Um, do we have any, like, positive memories that don't involve misfortune or bad luck? <laughs> or... so, so, second to last Tokyo show. Yes, that was incredible. Uh, yeah. We playing we with Sans Visage. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's nice to hear a good memory. Yeah. yeah. We did yeah. play a really, we were really <laughs> tour tight. And uh, for a while, I would have said that was the best show we'd ever played. Like, we, we really killed it. Um, what else? Watching Joliet at ZBR Fest 2 was nice. pretty fucking yeah. awe-inspiring. Um, you know what, for me, actually? The uh, Respire Black Line release show in Toronto. Yes, yes that I was thought, good. Yeah, that was, uh, first of all, just like touring, touring with Respire. Obviously, we've we've been friends with them for for ages now, so that was really lovely, That's and nice. uh, getting to play with Respire in their like full full form, you know, with Emmett on trumpet and everything was great. But also, like we we really played a fucking good set to the point where I think like after the first song, we all looked at each other like, "Whoa, what's what's going on?" You know, and uh, and we got to play an encore even though we weren't the headliner. So that was uh, nice. that was really that was really cool, you know, like like um yeah. Uh, that for me too, especially that show and the Montreal show we played the day after. Like on a personal level, I remember thinking, like, "Oh wow!" Like, um, not to sound egotistical or whatever, but I was like, "Wow!" Like we're we've really come a long way. Like we're a really good live band now because um, you know, if you ever if you had the misfortune of seeing us in the early days of Massonero, like we were not a great live band. We were inconsistent at best. <laughs> so it um. To have people respond like that. And we only play new material. So, you know, people were listening to songs that they'd never heard, that they wouldn't hear for over a year, because um, this was November 2021. Um, and yet they were responding so passionately to everything, and they were responding so viscerally and energetically. So that felt really special, and it was really validating. Not just to see how far we've come as a live band, but also to see that um, the the new songs were resonating with people and um uh, going over well you know so yeah that was really special so yeah. what band haven't you played with yet that you'd love to share the stage with just one band that huh. you play with <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I got this uh, for me real quick really okay easy <laughs> great answer <laughs> chris come back to me you gotta go okay um you know what fuck it thursday Nice. That's that's aiming high, Great but if answer. that could happen, uh, I I die happy. You know, high school me, for for the sake of high school. Yeah, I'm gonna say title fight. <laughs> that, hey, right. hey, I love right. that band. <laughs> I, I, I love that, that band. I love title fight too, man. I don't know who doesn't love title fight. Oh, people that think they're cool. That's 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 who. Oh fuck them! <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. I love that band. So what uh you know all the cool kids are doing it these days. What band <laughs> hasn't done a reunion show that you'd love to see do one? Oh my god. Mm. Uh 
I don't know. Admittedly, like I tend to be pretty negative on reunions. Like same. Yeah. I, I dig, you know, reversal of man's statement that when a band breaks up, like they should stay dead or like, you know, the whole refused are fucking dead thing. Um, but, you know, there are bands that justify it, like gospel. The Losers a fucking great record. The New City of Caterpillar record is awesome. And, and, and you know, I guess there's a whole conversation to be had about whether it even needs to be justified. And who am I to say that uh, a reunion is justified or not, right? Um, but that being said, even though, you know, I think they broke up when they were still at maybe not the peak of their powers, but close to it, um, for selfish reasons, I would love to see Dillinger uh, one more time. That would be great. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Even would, they haven't would, been broken up for very long, but mm, still. Mm. Yeah, I'd pay I'd pay uh, a gross amount of money, and I would fight anybody just to see Title Fight one more time. I knew you were going to say that, yeah. You, come on, yo. Yeah. I, yo, I, I love that band. Like, you have no idea. You've I, mentioned. I, yo, I, You've mentioned that I, you yeah, like them a little I, bit, yeah. A, a little, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if I have, oh maybe maybe Ido. Ido, yeah. That'd be a sick that'd be a sick show. Ido? Love them. Yeah. I don't know that band. Chicago band. It has uh, James from Crowning in it and uh Namdi Agnaya used to play drums in that band. Yeah. Bit, yeah, you gotta you gotta know Ido. That's sick. I don't They're I'm sick. Check out. <laughs> They're really fucking sick. Nice. They toured with Juliet. They're around during like Lord Snow's like heyday in Chicago, like Solitude era. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And We've so... done uh, plenty of screamo talk. I think Vicky's got some screamo questions for you. <laughs> yes. Just one record per person. What's your favorite screamo split of all time? Damn. Uh, uh, Dietro Senan Sassieta, that's how you pronounce nice. their name. That split, fuck yeah, both sides, awesome. For Senan Sassieta, especially, yes, the Dietro Rain split is also. I uh, know. That's the objective the, answer. Yeah, I mean, fair. That's fair. I think those are my three favorite Rain songs. Uh, and the Dietro songs aren't far behind. But yeah, either of those two, hell yeah. Uh, for me, uh, the page ninety-nine majority rule split. I think that's a, that's that's it right there for me. That's solid, solid, great songs. I like the collaboration that they do, and it's good. That that one's real good. Yeah. Great song. Great artwork too. Oh yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna say this one because I listened to it an absurd amount when it first came out. Uh, the Swallows Nest crowning split. I listened to that like a million times probably <laughs> i love that split um yeah not a classic split what it should be <laughs> okay so um apart from music these are a little bit more sociological slash personal questions for you guys um from when you first got into the punk scene until now what are some of the changes you've experienced within the community Uh, I can I can start. Uh, so when I first started, I, I'm like the older person in the band, not by much, but uh, I started going to shows pretty early, like 2000, I don't know, 
two, something like that. I was like a really young kid. But like a lot of the like the early shows were like very white. Just like a lot of white kids. I was like often the only brown person in the audience. Or like there's like a handful of us or whatever. And that always felt weird. Um and in recent years there's been a lot more like queer and brown representation in the scene that just like naturally has like happened um so that's really nice to see and like i love like just seeing like you know younger queer kids or younger brown people like black people in the audience where like before it felt so like oh what why are you listening to like white people music you know like i went to like a latino high school and shit so yeah you'd get that kind of shit and it's annoying <laughs> like i just like the music i like and whatever and it, it feels much better now to like have that and have other music makers who are of your similar experiences because you can relate to you know the lyrics or struggles that they're going through things like that does anyone feel like adding to that it's a pretty good answer i would say yeah definitely and I, I admittedly haven't been going to punk shows for nearly as long, you know. Um, like, I've been listening to punk for a long time, but I really started going to shows when Masanera started playing. So I don't know if I've really, you know. And also, like, as, um, like, a, like I'm, I'm like, the, the one white person in the band. So, like, I, I, not, I don't think I'd be as, like, perceptive of, of things like that. And especially coming from New Jersey, which I think is a pretty diverse state, for me, going to punk shows in comparison to like growing up in the town I did, which was like extremely homogenous. I'd be like, Oh my, I was like, Oh my God, I've never been in a place as diverse as this. So for me, it was like totally eye opening, you know? Um, so I don't know. Um, uh, I feel like maybe like as a non-binary person, I feel like that's always been something that's been really visible. Um, at least since I got into uh, the screamo scene. But I feel like just like this idea of like like what like what Aaron was saying about like just like queer representation and like um like I don't know, just like non binary representation in particular. I don't know. It's really cool to see. So I guess that's the that's the one thing I would like I've really noticed. Cause when I when I first played like a show with my other band, um none of us had any idea of like what that what that even meant. You know, like that discussion wasn't being had, at least in like the Jersey scene that I was kind of like tentatively becoming a part of. So, yeah, I guess that'd be my answer. I guess for me, um, well, I, I it, you know, very similar to AJ, uh, I think being being brown, you know, I think it's like a was like a I don't know, like in seeing like just being like one of the only brown people. In shows, sometimes I used to feel a little awkward or like kind of like, or like, oh, I feel like I really couldn't be, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I have to act a certain way. And I feel like I kind of felt like that growing up, you know, even just like kind of like, like, I don't know, even like the way, like, like, I guess like growing up with like family and they, they, they would, you would have to like, kind of like, you know, uh, behave yourself and shit like that would be like a thing, especially depending on where you were going. And I feel like that kind of like, Sometimes I felt like I had to kind of like be like that for some reason in punk shows and stuff like that. I, I don't know why I did, especially really early. 
and I used to just feel awkward and somewhat out of place. These days, not so much anymore. I feel pretty, pretty good and comfortable in, in my skin, which is nice, you know. Um, but um, you know, I don't know. Uh, like I don't know. Like like when like our lost when we played in L.A. Uh, and everybody in the crowd was brown. That was like one of the most like. I, I I still can't get that feeling out of like out of like out, like out of my heart of like what that felt like to to just see everybody and just be like wow they look like me or this feels like me and this felt so amazing and sometimes I get a little sad too because it's like I feel like that's like the only time I'm ever gonna feel that unless I go there again and do that again you know what I mean so it's like interesting that I don't know how much that resonated with me and I and I think about it often too so I don't know so I but like I hopefully you know. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, we get the chance to see more of that and like, especially around like Jersey and just other parts and like punk and DIY and whatnot. Totally agree. Um, so on a totally different note, um, this is a bit of a, a silly question. I feel like from now on, it's going to be the, the, the haha funny part of the interview. Uh, What's the most illegal or dangerous thing you've ever done in your life? And why are you about to say it in front of the whole, not just the Fate podcast audience? Glad which consists of everyone's it. mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got a big following with moms we recently found out about. So <laughs> shout out. <laughs> That's why. I think for me, uh, I, 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 a couple of years back, I was doing a lot of, I was doing quite a bit of graffiti. And I, I used to climb up and like, I used to I used to climb on the sides of buildings and like fucking do shit. This is one time I got a little I got a little ahead of myself in broad daylight. It was so stupid. Uh, just because you know you have to be careful. And there are like those personal rules that you know you have to follow. Like fucking watch your fucking back. And I was I think I was just in the high of just like let me just go and do it. <laughs> so I, I I hit like a quick tag on the side of this telephone telephone post in in New York. Like just like on the quick like oh let me just hit this real fast and I'm, I'm gonna in get on fucking Manhattan in broad yeah, daylight. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was in New York. Yeah, so, and then like all I all I, I so I hit the tag or whatever. I turn around and this is it's a fucking undercover cop, and he's like and he and he's like NYPD shows this thing and literally I look at him and I smile and I'm like, ah oh, fuck, you got me. <laughs> and and then and then I was in like a holding cell for like three hours overhearing him say like, you know, there's no way this guy isn't in the system. Like, what the fuck is going on? You know, I've never gone caught and then mark Mark, Mark, yeah i know yo that's bad i know yeah he was an asshole i honestly and like and like he's and and then like i was like just shooting the shit with him and he was not he was not happy about it but like but like i don't know it was like that and then and then like i remember them walked in i they walked me over to to the station and they were like do you want me to put your foot up because i know it's probably embarrassing and i was like well man you you got me i mean what, what more can i fucking do i don't care like whatever you know what i mean so so like whatever they they do the whole they do the whole thing, and then like I'm in the holding cell like yo it smells kind of weird in here like and then like I'm I don't know I was just being a fucking asshole because they were fucking annoying because like they were just really being one of them was doing the whole good guy bad cop thing and I was like oh, fuck come on dude just fucking hurry up let me do my like give me whatever I gotta do give me my court date so I can go home because I'm tired and I had just got back from tour from the from from uh southeast asia tour mark was there and my my girlfriend was in the car too <laughs> it was like a whole thing i don't know but i mean and then like i remember when they saw me walk and die out yeah, and, and mind you it was funny I, it was funny i mean yeah, mind you i was working in new york city that day 
Yeah. And, but I was working in the city that day and I, and I get a text like Chris was just arrested. So like I, I get out of the art gallery that I was working in and I'm like sprinting down the streets of Manhattan to where Chris is. And I, I finally get there and I just see Chris strolling down the street like without a care in the world. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, my God, what happened to them? You know, just regular I, Tuesday afternoon. Yep. Uh, yeah, literally. Oh it, it was like, yeah, it was that. I got community service and I cleaned up the park. It was nice, and then like it was nice. I liked it. It was it was chill. It was a nice was summer nice. day. It was. It, was. Nice. All right. it was a nice. I mean, I got to clean up the park. It was nice. You know what That's I mean? Great. I like doing shit like that. Yeah. That's cool. Thank you for your service. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love New York. <laughs> uh Jesus, I'm such a. I'm really gonna expose myself as like a. a a fucking nerd right now you know what i mean like i'm not i am not hardcore at all outside <laughs> of the music that i play well, um, i'm not hardcore at all yeah let's see what what did i do i will say the european tour that i was just on with respire i feel like I, I cut loose a little bit like you know i did some graffiti but like it was in germany so no one gives a fuck you know what i mean um what else uh like i stole i stole like a donut you know, uh, I we were at a convenience store and uh, I didn't even want to steal it. You know, there was a vegan donut. I was like, fuck, yeah, vegan donuts. OK, where do I go pay for this? And like the, the, the layout of the store was just so confusing. I couldn't tell because like it was a kiosk, right? It was like at a, a gas station and there were a few different stores, right? And then there was a Krispy Kreme kiosk that wasn't attached to any of the stores. And I was like, well, who who rings this up? And uh, I couldn't figure out who, so I just ate it. You know, I, yeah. I ate the evidence. So yeah, he says I'm vegans ba- aren't badass. Yeah, right. <laughs> badass indeed. Oh yeah. Let's go. So, you know, you're, you're gonna have to put a parental advisory sign on, on this, this one. Episode Absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna tag explicit content when the episode <laughs> gets posts. No problem. So yeah, some uh, graffiti in Germany and uh, a vegan donut. stealing a vegan donut. That was the extent of my uh, my. Uh, badassery you know that's crazy what a rap sheet that's wild yeah yeah i mean dangerous though i would say you know all the all the we've certainly had plenty of dangerous experiences what with our various like vehicular mishaps and whatnot but illegal stuff not not much for me aj do you have a uh, more wild yeah. tales than i do you know I, yeah i guess just one like uh i was really into skateboarding uh as in like the jackass era of stuff so me and my friend i was like 12 or 13 we we like got on this church roof somehow or like fucking skate skating on it poorly you know and uh, someone called the cops on us and you know the cops showed up and they're like whoop, whoop. and then we're like oh fuck and we like jumped off like one story down <laughs> to like this grass and I don't know how I didn't break my ankles, but the adrenaline, like, just kicked in. We all, like, jumped off this fucking roof. Like, we had, like, nine lives and just scattered and we didn't get caught. <laughs> but, yeah, that was uh, probably stupid and illegal and dangerous, but it was uh, it's a fond memory now. <laughs> oh, that's actually badass. It's all right. <laughs> We lose you there, Vicky. Mm, no, this is just 
this one I left for you because I feel like this is your most iconic question. I wouldn't oh, rob it from you. Oh, I thought it was still yours. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, this one usually gets some some stupid answers. It's a stupid question. Um, assuming none of you guys are pacifists, if you could punch anyone in the face as hard as you can with no repercussions, who's getting that punch and why? <laughs> I thought of like five people, but I can't say. That will start a whole fucking thing, and I can answer Alan too because Alan and I have to say, Alan, when if Alan hears this, Alan and I, you know, you know who we're talking about. I know who right? exactly you're talking about, and that would be someone I would choose it. too. Yeah, that, yeah, by all no. means, if you want to start beef on my podcast, I'm all for it. You can oh, <laughs> we can't. We can't. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. I'm playing. Don't talk. Well, do listen, we know who you are. Right? <laughs> we know who you are, and we'll find you. All right? No. <laughs> oh, God. Uh... Oh, man. You know, seems like a silly yeah, question, do. but it's it this is a, is a tricky question, one. But it's hard. Yeah. I got a big list, man. A lot of people I'd love to back. <laughs> mm. I'll look like lovers over fighters, though. Yeah, but I'd punch Mitch McConnell in the face. Or in his, like, throat. You know? His <laughs> throat! Uh, you know what? Reason. That's a good... Uh, I think Mitch McConnell's a good choice. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Uh, the mayor of my hometown. So I'm from a, t- a town called Clark, New Jersey. It's a fucking cultural wasteland. It's a racist hellhole, um, small suburb, like right, right by, you know, a bunch of other places in New Jersey. Um, and we've had, I don't live there now, but it's where I lived for most of my life. And uh, Clark has had the same mayor for 22 years now. Sal Bonacorso, fucking Tony Soprano wannabe. Uh, cigar smoking motherfucker, you know, um, just like, <laughs> oh God, his um, <laughs> yeah, God, there are there's <laughs> nothing, yeah, there's nothing good that could be said about him. And um, recently, he was caught on tape saying a lot of extremely vile, racist and misogynistic stuff that um, like anyone. Who had half a brain knew that those were his beliefs, but you know he said the quiet part out loud, and it was caught on tape. And then there was like a whole cover up, and they were using taxpayer money to pay off the people who recorded the tape, it, and it made national news, believe it or not. And yet <clears throat> he was just reelected as mayor. So you know Clark is a uh, hopeless, and uh, I feel like to. Put the town out of its fucking misery, or maybe not. Maybe putting a t- Clark out of its misery will just involve like fucking carpet bombing it. I guess. Don't you could cut that out. I obviously <laughs> have a complicated relationship with my hometown, but um, yeah. If I could punch anyone, I'd, I would punch Sal Bonacorso, and ideally, I'd uh, I'd kill him with one punch. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, his face is very squishy, so I don't know. It probably would, it would probably absorb the blow and he's a lot bigger than me, but yeah, I'd work out for like a year straight, one punch man style, doing like a hundred pushups and sit-ups a day and sleeping without the air conditioner on, you know, just training my uh, body. <laughs> dedication. I respect yeah. that. I respect that. Yeah, fuck, fuck Sal Bonacorso. Fucking, 
You know, Gavone, I mean, my God. I, I, yeah, you, yo, you hate this motherfucker, yo. I, you hate him so much, I hate him for you. Too. <laughs> uh, if I had to choose somebody, and it's not, you know, I don't, I don't hate him. I don't love him either. I actually, I, I enjoy watching his content, but I would love to punch him in the face. Uh, Gordon Ramsay. Nice. Gordon Ramsay. You know, uh, you know, it, it, we, it, I, I enjoy watching like old school Kitchen Nightmares UK edition. I love the starkness. I, I love, I love everything about that show. But then you, U.S. Gordon Ramsay, what a prick! You know, what, a, what an asshole! I want to punch him in the face. You know, but mm-hmm. um, but I also want him to cook for me. That'd be nice. But I don't know. I bet if it wasn't a good punch, he would immediately critique it too. He'd be like, "You call that a punch? You're pulling me plonka, mate." You must be minging with that punch. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we'll call me an idiot. Yeah. So, I... Well, I think we missed one. Do we miss No. One? No? Okay, I'll cut myself out of that then. I'll just shut the fuck up. Vicky? Oh, that's uh, evil. Okay. Uh, no, uh... we'll cut myself out of the edit. Not... <laughs> I can't believe you. Stop making no, that no. joke, man. <laughs> that's a bad joke. <laughs> so, uh, that's I. I believe that's our final one, but we can just wrap it up with some better question than this one. What music yeah. do you guys listen to that could be considered a guilty pleasure to some, especially lately? If you can name any potential shameful music that you are enjoying. Uh, every time we awesome. go on tour. Wait, what? No, oh, I said fuck. everything I listen to is awesome, so I don't know. You go. I don't know. You go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, every time we go on tour, we do this thing where we um, rotate albums, and my first pick is pretty much always him, Razorblade Romance. Uh, and yeah. uh, I fucking love that record. I, I, I started mm. listening to it because like, I was dating some girl in high school that liked it, but <laughs> and then it just kind of stuck. <laughs> Ugh, sorry to hear that. Interesting. So you have <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome with that record too. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, and then not. And yeah, now all my bandmates know like some of those lyrics. <laughs> Honestly, some of the songs kind of slap. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna front. Yeah, Mark, I know you I, have I that know. face. Really? Mark has that face. But I was on this. I was on the same. I'm. A, I was on the same boat as Mark. Like I don't know about this, but there's that one. There's that one that just that just, just does it to you. I don't know. It's good. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are a couple like Killing Loneliness. You know, that's yeah. a that's a that's a good song. Um, but yeah, wow. uh, Jesus. Yeah, wow, wow, indeed. <laughs> so I'm trying to be polite. Sorry, I shouldn't be judging anybody's music. I listen to Screamo for fuck's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> now Screamo's fucking sick. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No. It um. Is. Jesus, I don't know. Like Chris, I, I I tend to think that everything I listen to is pretty fucking awesome. Um, and <laughs> I, uh, that being said, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, huh? You know, okay. <laughs> Just based on what I saw on Facebook today, I feel like I guess this is kind of like a cop out. Um, at first, I was gonna say like Carly Rae Jepsen, but a lot of people really love like Emotion by Carly Rae Jepsen, which is the only record of hers that I dig. So I don't really think that's cringe. Um, I guess it's more cringe uh, than when compared to like the super obscure artsy music that I tend to dig or whatever. Um, But I've seen a lot of people talk shit about The Shape of Punk to Come by Refused. 
which I didn't think was like a, a I thought that was a pretty universally beloved record, but apparently it's not. Um, like I saw some pretty vociferous discussion about it today where almost everyone agreed that it was trash. So for the niche group of people who really despise that record, I guess that'll be that'll be my pick because I think it's a fucking masterpiece. And I think that a lot of the bands that these people probably like make much less interesting music than the music on that record. So, you know, I don't know. People are allowed to be wrong. So whatever. I guess that's my opinion on that. Yeah. Shape of Punk to come. Yeah. New Carly Rae slaps. Does it? it Yeah, it's really good. I've been listening to it a lot. Okay, I definitely will check it out. Like, I, I've just, I'm so fucking bad when it comes to checking out new music, but it's on my ever growing list. So, Fun. <laughs> I don't know, Chris, do uh, you have an answer to this? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was kidding that I said everything I listened to was good. Uh, I listen to some stuff that's like kind of like I'm sure some people really don't like. Um, I don't know. I fucking really like 100 Gex, and I'm sure some people really don't fuck with that, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how people feel about Blade. Blade is Blade is my favorite artist. So I don't know. Maybe there's that too. I fucking love Blade. So there's. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's some vaporwave records I like that some people in the. I guess like who's our audience too? That's a, that's an important question. You know, um, I guess if it's like screamo people, then yeah, maybe some like vaporwave record. Like I don't know. Uh, Chuck Person or whatever that that record is called, uh, that might be pretty cringy, I guess, but I, I enjoy it. Um, I don't, you know, I used to really like classic rock. Maybe that's the best answer for this. Like, I haven't listened to any of these bands in a really long time, but like, you know, when I was getting into music when I was ten years old, my parents obviously played me everything that they enjoyed. So I used to love uh, progressive rock. Like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. This is the obvious answer. Why did I pick fucking Refused? Oh, my God. I'm not that cool. That, like, my least cringy record is The Shape of Punk to Come. My God. Now, I used to love Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. And I haven't listened to them in, like, 15 years. If you don't know who they are, they're, like, a, a prog band's prog band. You know what I mean? They make bands like Yes or King Crimson look uh, restrained. So, yeah. Yeah, they're like, they're, like, the band Your Uncle who... Has like a banjo, uh, listen to and like a vinyl collection that's very old and dusty would listen to. Yeah, exactly. They're like your uncool uncle's favorite band, you know. And uh, yeah, they had this one record in particular, Carn Evil Nine. Oh no, no, no! That's the, that's the song, Brain Salad Surgery. That's the record. What a terrible fucking title, Brain Salad Surgery. But uh, yeah, I used to love that record, and I bet. If I spun it now, I wouldn't hate it. So that's my answer, actually. Yeah. Brain salad surgery? By Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Yep. That's a, that sounds like it would be like a good dance, Gavin dance title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it's not that far off. Oh, man. So uh, we're not that far off from the end of the year. You guys got a an album of the year picked out for 2022. Mm. I'm having a hard time picking myself, to be honest. Uh, um. you know, I 
I feel like years blur for me. And oh, like yeah. I just find myself in the same stuff, you know? So I'll be like, oh, this is my favorite record of the year. I'm like, wait, this came out in 2020. What the fuck? You know? So, you know, there's that. But I mean, it, considering anything that Blade Drop released this year would probably be in my top. Uh, either that or, um, I don't know. Um, not a lot of punk stuff. So, but really, I mean, if anything, maybe the new City of Caterpillar record that just came out. You know, I really like that record. It's a great, it's a, it's a, it's a very nicely written record. You know yeah yeah uh same i'm really bad about uh checking out new music especially because like <clears throat> like like everyone else in the band uh my my musical interests are so like <laughs> expansive that um it, uh, just keeping up with new music can be really overwhelming you know um and i feel like if i'm getting into something i don't want to just listen to it once or have it not playing on in the background you know i want to really dive into it and try to give it like a a deep listen so um of the i don't even know if all of these records came out this year but um the, the new city of caterpillar for sure um the new gospel record the loser did that come out this year was that last year no i don't even know yeah fuck it if it came out this year then that's definitely on the list honestly probably um diaspora problems by soul glow i'm like 95 percent sure that came out this calendar year and if it did then that's my pick for uh, album of the year. Yeah, just incredible. They're uh, they're doing their own thing. They have their own sound, and more punk bands should uh, try to be as uh, fearless as they are, both lyrically and sonically. So, I have a pick. To be honest, I I don't really <laughs> like. I guess the new Carly Rae right now, because <laughs> because that's just what I've been listening to. But like, there's probably a better answer, but. I don't know. Sometimes I check out so much music that I get lost with what came out when, and it doesn't really matter. I don't know. Sometimes I don't check out records right away, or I'll, I don't know. So it's it's hard to keep track of that for me. And yeah, right now, like I know that record came out this year, and that's what I've been listening to. But yeah, I don't really have a great answer other than that. That's still a good answer, yeah. I was gonna say, hey, can you come closer to your mic for the next one? For whatever reason, you were far enough back that your volume was down. I can, I can just boost the volume uh, in yeah. editing. It's no problem, but I could barely hear you there. Oh uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> problem. Uh, sorry, cut myself out from doing my coughing. Was I... oh, okay. Uh, if you guys could give the world a gift, what would it be, and why? It doesn't have to be a material possession. Uh, easy. Universal basic income. Yeah. <laughs> that would change a lot of lives, and uh, you know, maybe we could start moving towards a less capitalist growth in the economy, and you know, save the planet from utter human destruction. Yeah, it's a step in that direction, at least. One That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, on a similar note, if I can't, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, if I can't just say like, I would eliminate capitalism, um, like I, I would say, and I mean, most of the world, like a lot of the world at least already has this, but we don't have it in the U S um, universal healthcare. Um, I would give that to any place that doesn't have it. And I would make it a mandate where like everywhere in the world, you must have universal healthcare at all times. 
for the rest of uh, humanity's existence, I feel like um, uh, besides the fact that healthcare should just be a right, plain and simple, access to healthcare should be a right. It shouldn't be mitigated by economic circumstance or what have you, and everyone should be able to um, obtain the best care possible, mm -hmm. regardless of their material circumstances. I feel like having access to healthcare or not being trapped in the system in which healthcare is tied to employment provides people with so much more flexibility and power, power in the workplace. You know, think about how many times or at least, well, I know, I know neither of you live in the U S but I, I could say from experience, there's from experience, there've been a lot of times where in the past I've been at a job, I've gotten my insurance through my job and I've thought my, to myself, you know, like, ah, things aren't great right now, but can I really afford to speak out? I can't lose this job because, you know, I have asthma. I need to be able to access my medication and whatnot. So yeah, I feel like if you give people universal health care, you also give workers a lot more bargaining power. You give people the freedom to leave their jobs, which in, in, in and of itself is a form of power, obviously, the freedom to leave. So yeah, that, that's my choice. Uh, that was going to be my choice, considering just because, I mean, I, I mean, Mark, you and I were talking on the phone about the bullshit I'm going through with my, yeah. with my benefits, right? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with some real stupid shit right now at work, but uh, yeah, that would be the gift on a serious note, right? Uh, that, um, universal healthcare, for sure. Uh, as a funny one, maybe uh, the, the strange disappearance of Jeff Bezos. That would be a, that would be an amazing gift. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's that. It's yeah. so strange. Where'd yeah, so, so, Where'd so strange. Yeah, it's like he disappeared out of thin air. Like, what happened? I don't Is he know. On Mars now, or no, he, he's he he's lost in some warehouse and no one can find him. That's what it is. <laughs> one of the Amazon warehouses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be super unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> you guys mentioned um, through an article I was just reading, I believe, on Idiotech that a lot of the lyrics on this album are in regards to the stresses of jobs consuming more of your personal life and um, just all of that surrounding it. So I'm curious if you're willing to answer, what do you guys do for work that, uh, that you hate so much? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, can, I can go first. Can I yeah, go first? You go first. You go first. I, I've been stressed out for weeks, weeks. I don't know. So I'm, I don't a, know. I'm a, yeah, I'm a visual merchandising manager for Brooks Brothers. No idea Brothers. what that means. What does that, what does okay. that mean? Okay. So like, I, it right I, down. I, <laughs> so so i uh well one i'm a manager and that's corny but two um <laughs> so two i i work for brooks brothers which is like the oldest american retailer um okay. yeah it's like 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 uh abraham lincoln was assassinated wearing brooks brothers and i work in retail Tight. right okay. so right and, and i do like the store layouts and i make sure things look nice and the uh and the okay. and the mannequins look all cool and stylish and uh okay. i make you know i make sure everything looks all cute and shit mm -hmm. that outside of, i actually like doing that shit if i were to do if i were able to do that shit for myself in my own way in my own world i would enjoy that but i'm, I'm kind of like tethered to like you know the expectations that of the, in, in the corporate level that people want me to execute and sometimes that that just brings that just brings a lot of pressure for me and it's like kind of like really annoying that i have to deal with it and i've been and i've been doing and i've been doing shit like that for like eight years um and the brooks brothers being like the newest thing in my life i mean like yeah it becomes one of those things like it's like you know work is i don't know it's like oh you know this sucks but i mean how else am I supposed to get paid? Or like, I've been doing this for so long. Like, what else can I do? I don't think I'm good enough to do anything else to learn something new. So let me just do what's comfortable for me. And then like, I think that kind of, I forced myself into this, like, um, you know, into this, like, 
I don't know. I end up gaslighting myself a lot and I do a lot of, you know, and I, and I overwork and I do all these, I become workaholic and, it, and, and it's like, it's kind of like, it's kind of a shit show. So like, but, um, what kind yeah, of, yeah. what kind of clothes is it like menswear? I don't know the brand. So yeah, no. So it's menswear. It's like traditional menswear along with like lifestyling. So it looks like it's like a mix of like polo Ralph Lauren with like old, like suits like like and the suits are like and the, and the suits are like 12 um and like twelve hundred dollar suits so like two thousand dollars yeah it's very expensive like the cheapest item in the store is like eighty dollars it's like a t-shirt and can you get me a discount i'm just i'm just yeah. kidding <laughs> i mean I, yeah i could i could get you a discount. if you, you want a suit i got you you know nice, what I mean? If nice. you need one, yes. They sound like my you. suits. Okay, all right. It, it is. It's nice, but you know, yeah. I, I, it's like I, I like what I do, but I don't like what I do, and also like it's, you know, it's one of those things. And I work a lot. I, all I can do is think about work. I mean, like I just played a show a couple of days ago. Uh, yes, last night, and like I wasn't excited for it because I was still so caught up with work. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. that's just that's just my life these days. And yeah, I, I played with City of Caterpillar last night, like we did, and that's like my like that's my favorite band. But like I have, I was not able to feel excited for it at all, and I still don't. And it's crazy, and it's like, and it sucks because it's like it would have been different for me any other time. I think. I don't know. Interesting how that is. But yeah. I um. Well, I'm currently unemployed, but while we were writing the record and recording it, I worked essentially as a social worker at a community mental health center, um, which you think would be a great job or maybe, or maybe you wouldn't you know obviously um like any job it has its ups and downs right pros and cons um it was a good job until the pandemic hit and then the management who had previously been hands-off and uh, rather apathetic which was great because it meant that we could just do what we needed to do without their interference once the pandemic hit they started micromanaging everything and then they started pushing for us to get back into the office like three months into the pandemic or so, even though New York City was wild in terms of uh, how high the numbers were. And then, you know, they in various other ways just started demonstrating how uh, little they actually cared for us as workers, how uh, little con what little concern they had for our mental health, so on and so forth. So um, I... Uh, my coworkers and I started uh, pushing to unionize and I was the one who was like attending meetings and whatnot with the union, um, taking notes, so on and so forth. Eventually someone at the second location, the Queens location, cause I worked in Staten Island. Ah, uh, someone at the Queens location, I think, I, I don't know, obviously, but I think someone at the Queens location ratted me out. I started getting write-ups for insubordination. Mm -hmm. Eventually I got fired. Um, obviously because of the unionizing, even though they couldn't say that was the reason. Um, so I filed an unfair labor practice charge and won a settlement. So I've been, uh, just nice. chilling ever since then. Yeah. Nice. So thank you, Juliet Douglas and everyone else at Venture House for, uh, funding my spouse and my trip to Argentina and uh the tours that i've recently <laughs> gone on and just like all the music that i've been able to do Big yeah shout out good people they really seem yeah. to have helped you out that's nice of them oh, thanks, oh yeah yeah thanks yeah guys. yeah <laughs> that is awesome
What about yourself, Aaron? You got a job you hate too? Uh, so while we're writing the record, I had a job, um, which on paper sounds like the fucking coolest gig. And it could have been if uh, my boss wasn't a total abusive piece of shit. Uh, I was doing like, uh, I was like the, uh, like the li- like the orchestra library assistant and production manager assistant at um, Trinity Wall Street, which is like this big, like church thing. But they do like a lot of like uh, kind of newer choir stuff, and um, they're like they have like a great choir, and like the performers are great. Some of my other coworkers were great, except for you know bending over backwards for this asshole. Like it's just you know they're caught up in that bullshit too. Um, but that dude, I quit because I hated that job. I was working like sixty hours a week sometimes, and it was just like constantly there and fucking miserable. And a lot of the my lyrics off that record on the new record is is from that time period. Um, drinking a lot, a lot of retail therapy, which got me in a lot of credit card debt, that kind of thing. But that dude uh, got fired because guess what? He's an abuser. <laughs> so he got like ousted from the fucking Thanks. whole classical music scene and like lost his tenure and all this other shit. And Yikes. yeah, um, so, you know, he got his, um, you know, I hope, you know, he has a horrible life. <laughs> Uh, but I had quit that job before that that happened because it was just wrecking my mental health. Uh, and I actually sure. I have a pretty cool job. Uh, I I like do like events coordination stuff at NYU, and I teach a couple classes and stuff. So um, much more fulfilling work. And my boss is really cool, and so are everyone to work with. <laughs> and I just wanted to mention one thing on that. I think um, the the idea of work and the effects of work is obviously like a a through line on the record. But I think in terms of the the actual text of the songs, only three songs like explicitly really deal with it. But it's something that informs uh, a lot of the other songs that are ostensibly about other things, you know? We we did a thing too where like lyrics from one song recur in another song and there's imagery that recurs on a bunch of other songs and imagery in one song like subtly shifts in another song. So it's like a whole spider web lyrically. But um, but the record isn't just about work, um, I and I, I'm not saying that you were saying that. Just in case anyone is listening and they want to reduce the record to that thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just about that. But that is uh, an, an inarguably a major part of it, and not just work, but the idea of like capitalist realism as a whole, and this idea of capitalism as something that is now treated as a a naturalized state of being rather than one of many possible socioeconomic systems so uh yeah but the record is about is about so many things and even within a song there are like a lot of different things and there's subtext and everything but uh but i'm also just like as i'm i just hate saying what stuff is about you know what i mean because i feel like you reduce it and it loses the mystery but work is important for sure you know (laughs) yeah in case anyone is listening and they they want to say like oh the new Massonera songs uh and you know a manifesto about work no yes but but no <laughs> well this has been a blast guys i got like two quick questions here to wrap it up and then we'll uh 
say our sayonaras and play an outro track. I guess what's the next big goal or accomplishment you want to reach as a band? Um, certain milestone, like is there a festival you've always dreamed of playing or headlining? Just anything you'd like to accomplish with the future of this band? Uh, I guess I'll go first. For me, uh, I think I think uh, going beyond uh, what what we do sonically, I want I want to kind of like really. Uh, I want, I want, I want, I hope to like maybe create like almost like a world, like, like an art, like a world that goes like visual, you know, like in a performance aspect, I think I want to try to flex those kind of muscles, you know, in, in terms of just trying to see what, 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 how far can we push ourselves as artists, you know what I mean? And I think that's something that I would really would love. To... I don't know, uh, really, really make, really make the live performance uh, something special something that when you leave or after you've watched this live or something or you know you can you, you can like kind of like interpret it whichever way and kind of create a, a meaning for it for yourself i think that's like a, a, the next milestone so like it, it means like i don't know really like really going crazy with, with like performance or like visuals or things like that or doing like really nice i don't know just really really going out there in that world artistically i think that's like the next thing i want to really push growth yeah, I, I think I have the same goal. Just um I, I feel like with this album we um really put a lot of effort into um creating our own identity as a band and trying to figure out not really trying to figure out because I think we knew what we wanted to do, but we put a lot of effort into actually executing it and um expanding our horizons and challenging ourselves as musicians, as writers, as artists. So I think um I wanna can continue doing that and like chris was saying you know i want to try to do that in all facets of the band so that you know when all is said and done um people can look back on our work as like a cohesive body of art um visually musically performance wise um that would that would uh be like the ultimate goal for me you know and um like i think we all have like similar trajectories because like i'm definitely like those are like i think what mark and chris said are, are things we all want to do um but also like as far as like milestone stuff i think we want to like try to hit as many like different countries and places and just see like the world and play with different bands we like definitely want to go back to southeast asia and japan at some point um and like we really want to do like south america we really want to do europe like and just you know like be able to like share you know like music and like the stage and and just hang out with all these like awesome people in our scene um mm. across the world yeah <laughs> and you got to go to italy or vicky will cry <laughs> okay <laughs> hell yeah yeah we're gonna tour the whole fucking boot grazie, <laughs> grazie. <laughs> so uh what what's new outside of the uh Seisha show you got coming up for the end of this year um well like we were saying before you know we've got a couple weekenders planned for december um uh december one two and three and then december nine ten and eleven and again, those shows are in Jersey, Philly, Brooklyn, and then New Jersey, New Brunswick specifically, 
uh, Beverly, Massachusetts, and New Haven, Connecticut. Um, and beyond that, you know, we're just, um, we got some other stuff. Uh, I don't want to, like, we're working on new stuff. I don't want to say what it is or what it's for, because then, you know, I think one of the things we learned with this record, or like at least I learned, is don't talk about something until you're ready to actually announce it. Because uh, then people keep asking, where's that thing? And, you know, you have to keep saying, well, it's not done. We're working on it. One person said that our new record was the the uh, Screamo Chinese Democracy. Uh, and that hurt a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. So That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Who said that? Guys, someone from uh, what, is, what, is, what is their name? One of our Quebecois. Uh, compatriots, you know? Um, uh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I'd rather not be, like, I, I can say, you know, like, we, we've finished more music videos um, that are definitely going to see the light of day. Um, but, you know, we're already working on a lot of new stuff. Um, and for this record, or for like this sort of like record release project and beyond. So um yeah. Uh you know, so hopefully all of that comes to fruition. Beautiful. So you guys got any last shout outs, plugs, causes, anything you want to talk on? Uh Mike's yours, floor's yours. And then we'll uh we'll do the Sayonara's outro track and wrap it up. Um, I mean, quickly, uh, you know, shout out to like all the people who helped us make this new record, but especially Steve and Fulgencio, who I think were our two closest collaborators and obviously ZBR, of course, both Dave's, they're definitely going to be, they know that we recorded this because we've been keeping them abreast of all the stuff we've been doing. So shout out to them if they check this out, but, but Steve Roche and Fulgencio Bermejo, especially, um, like outside of the four of us, um, those two people were um, uh, absolutely indispensable when it came to making the record what it what it is. And without them, it wouldn't be what it is. It would sound different. It would look different. Um, and uh, I don't think we would have been able to achieve what we set out to achieve without them. So shout out to those two, seriously. And hopefully... Uh, we uh, will have uh, long and fruitful collaborations with them uh, ahead of us, you know? Uh, just a quick shout out also. It's a very important person in our whole record process, which you should probably be saying, Mark, but I'm going to say uh, your partner, Wendy, who does all of our photos. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. My, my spouse. Yes. Why? Why? You know, I was just so caught up on the music specifically, and like, no, yeah, my um, my spouse, um, uh, Wendy Deadmas Dominguez, um, took you know did a lot of took a lot of the photos that are in the art booklet, took um, including like the the photos that we use for the back page of the vinyl booklet and the cassette booklet because we made a different booklet for the cassettes because we lost our minds making this record. Um, Wendy is either co-filmed or filmed um, by themselves, like all of the videos that we've done. Um, 
we did a video for one of the songs where Wendy was basically the co-director as well. Um, and yeah, they've, they've been like an indispensable part of, uh, all of this, I think. So yeah, shout out to, um, my spouse, if they ever listen to this, if they want to hear more of me talking, you know, because living with me isn't enough for whatever reason. Okay. <laughs> Chris, you go. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, pretty much same, you know, uh, shout out to everybody involved. Uh, also big, you know, shout out to anyone that even just, I don't know. It's weird to me whenever I hear people yesterday, somebody came up to me and they said, you know, my two favorite records and I'm, and I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you. I'm saying this because I really mean this is, the, and they said my two favorite screamer records in order is the city of Caterpillar self-titled. And then, you know, like our first LP, Los Pensamientos. And when they said that, I was like, what the fuck is, what is this? You know, you know, it, I don't know. It's just crazy to me that people have like, I don't know, just like an interest in our music. And I really appreciate the fact that it's been years since we've released something that you, that, that, you know, people will still, that y'all will still go and listen to the stuff we make or the things that we were into and all that stuff. And it's, it's very, it's very, um, I guess it's validating and it's also very, um, um, I don't know. It just means it means a whole lot, you know, and then, you know, shout out to all the bands we ever played with the bands that we're going to be playing with. And hopefully, you know, we hopefully I get to do this for, for a couple more years before I succumb to corporate retail. No, no, no. It'll be more than a couple. Hopefully we're, we're going to buck screamo tradition. We're going to be around for, we're going to be around until people are begging us to break up. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Well, I'm very excited for the future of this band and very grateful you guys came to chat with us today. Super, super appreciate it. Thank you so much. This has probably been the longest episode of Not Just a Phase I think I've had to date. I'll have to see after the edit. I'm sorry. No, no, it yeah, was a blast sorry. the whole way through. It's, it's good. No, it's good. It's good. People want longer episodes. I don't because I have to edit them, but the people want longer episodes. <laughs> and, and this was a good conversation, so I'm glad... Glad you guys did this with us. Uh, thanks for co-hosting again, Vicky, as well, in your park uh, in a winter jacket <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, it's basically dawn by now. <laughs> <laughs> the sun's coming up now. <laughs> oh, my God. It, we, well, we basically recorded an audiobook of your entire career. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thanks uh, to both of you for having us and uh, – for being so gracious while we just subjected you to a deluge of verbal diarrhea for two and a half hours. Um, <laughs> you know, this is uh this was really a lot of fun and, and thank you also for like agreeing to have multiple people on. Um, I don't know why you do that to yourselves, but like you did it. And uh, you know, for, for us, the, 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 every aspect of the band is extremely collaborative. Like there's no, band leader you know what i mean we all write the lyrics we all write the songs we all do the vocals we all have a say in in everything um so you know um we uh it means a lot that we could you know just talk about it together you know yeah because we noticed while making so many of these that there is an interplay on stage between band members but there is such a thing also when you're just having a conversation about your art so it's always like the, the episodes with more than one member are actually always the better ones that are more nuanced. 
Yeah, I was gonna say my favorite. Uh, my favorite one is the uh, from y'all's. I really enjoyed the the crowning one. That one was like a, a lot of fun to listen to, and it was really funny. Just to like uh, that one was like really funny. I like that episode a lot, actually. I'll have to videos. check. I'll have to check that one out. Those, it's a good one. They're all cleaning, characters. Yeah, I was cleaning the bathroom and I was like, "Wow, yo!" I was like, "Yeah, they're so funny." Yeah, thanks for listening to the show. That's cool. I appreciate that. And they're, yeah, uh, no, it's great. It's a good one. It's a it's a it's a good nice. show. Those guys are yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're funny. Holy fuck! Well, hopefully we can catch you guys at some point in the future. Um, but yeah, I know why podcasts only have one member on at a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're masochists. But this has been fun uh, until editing starts. It's been fun. And Take your time. See, <laughs> hopefully, we can see you guys uh, the show very, very soon. Oh yeah. We hope so. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, come to Canada. Fuck Italy. Vicky can wait. You come to Canada first, all right? <laughs> well, you, you, you know very well that we are contractually obligated to appear in Canada and to- Toronto specifically a certain amount of times per year. So inevitably. We will return whether y'all want us or not. So, <laughs> Hi, I'll catch you guys then. Eh? Uh, Fuck yeah. Okay. Yes, we're out. That's it. That's a wrap on the longest episode ever so far. You guys got the title <laughs> Do it. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for doing this again. No, thank uh, you. Seriously, this was yeah, a lot thanks. of fun. <laughs> Yeah, but my girlfriend's like, "Yo, are you guys done yet?" I was like, well, "No, I, I think we're at, I think we're answering the last question. Who the fuck up their food?" <laughs> yeah, Wendy was just asking me that too. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My phone's blowing up. Everyone's like, "Yo, are you coming to the bar?" I'm like, "Dude, yes. I'm being a fucking loser first, then I will go drink." Okay, hold on. I'm running a podcast. <laughs> That's funny. Oh shit. All right, guys. Like I said, hope to catch you soon. Hope you have a great night. Thanks again. You too. Stay safe. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 B